On the Hudson River line I'm in a New York state of mind Well, uh, good evening. It's uh, a little after 6.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, and welcome to another edition of Gray Matters, the weekly news and media talk show. My name is Dick Whaley. And I'm Jim Dwyer. And I guess this week will be remembered for the realization that we finally learned what General Custer's last words were. It was almost a total victory. Arrgh! <laughs> Those, of course, were... uh, Direct quote from the the Donald unit. Yeah, day after. uh, Minus the R. (laughs) Oh, I'm sure there was a lot of uh, R2 slash X-rated language being shouted at the television the night before. Yeah. Nutter Butters were flying around the room. I don't know if Ivanka was on duty picking up the pieces, but uh, yeah, I mean, it was... It wasn't a tsunami, but it was a, a it was a blue wave, and you know obviously the votes are still being counted in a number of states, and I think it's absolutely disgusting. And let me just give uh, Donald Trump and Rick Scott brain damage awards for trying to prevent votes from being counted. <laughs> I mean these these are people that are veterans for gosh sakes. These are overseas ballots. They're, Florida has a lot of elderly people that vote absentee. And these are the rules that are followed when elections are tight and close. Yeah. Okay, well, this is a really close election. It's within a certain number of points. I mean, it's legally mandated to, okay, this is a close one. If this had been a blowout either way, then the uh, input of late arriving overseas ballots would be insignificant. Um, In this context, this is why we have these rules, why the elections are run by a rule of law. Um so that in close elections, all votes can be counted. No one should be afraid of that. It's To me, it's particularly weird that Rick Scott, who enjoys the slender lead at the moment, is so desperate and Trump-like in his, this, there's fraud, there's corruption. It's like, well, d- dude, you were governor of Florida. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> explain that. And those things should have been fixed a long time ago. You know, frankly, I think that the Broward County's uh, size is one of the problems. It's just simply too big of a county. Really needs to be chopped in half so that they can uh, conduct elections. And this is one of the problems in the United States of America. We don't have uniform elections. We have this hodgepodge system of local officials controlling things. And, oh, by the way, this is why we have runoffs in states like Mississippi and Georgia. I I don't know what the final count in Georgia is going to be, but the Senate race in Mississippi is into a runoff. Uh, Mike Espy and a female member of the United States Senate, I forget her name. She made some sort of uh, 
Hill advised uh, marginal comment today. Yeah, about uh, being invited to the front row of a public hanging. I'd be there. Dude, Mississippi, really? You said that? Yeah. I mean, first of all, public hangings. We'll give her a little bit of uh, some slack because we. I don't know the, the entire context of what she said, where she said it, and what it was all about. And sometimes but... people use an expression without fully weighing its potential consequences. But I mean, come on, honestly. Yeah, public, public hanging, hanging that in of itself is is one of the. We don't have those vestiges of, of the nineteenth century. Mississippi then... has a lengthy history thereof, right? So. Well, it has an, an a, a lengthy history, but. You know, if you actually read some histories of uh, the United States of America uh, in about 19th century history, public executions and the revelry that that people celebrated for public executions was astonishing. I mean, it's shocking that we would, um, you know, look back on that time and realize that that's what people were really into. Well, they didn't have NASCAR, you know, to wait for some big spectacular crash where somebody's somebody going to die at the race. That would be the most exciting thing. Yeah. So and I guess that's why public hangings were, were deemed as entertainment. Worldwide wrestling and that sort of thing. Um, so, yeah, Donald Trump, I'll just uh, paraphrase Robert De Niro here. He's a punk. He's a dog. He's a pig. He's a con. Now, that was a tweet that Robert De Niro uh, delivered to Donald Trump after he insulted him, calling him a washed-up actor. This was in 2016. Trump found out that De Niro was supporting Hillary Clinton, so they had a little tweet fest. But, of course, the uh, Florida bomber uh, sent a bomb to Robert De Niro. You sent a bomb to me? He was. You sent a bomb to me? To me? You talking to me? <laughs> Uh, so, uh, yeah, weird, and weird maneuver. Let's remember, by the way, that we do live in the United States of America. We do have checks and balances. I don't think Donald Trump even understands this. In fact, I, I believe that one of the themes of his presidency, to paraphrase Cool Hand Luke, is what we have here is a failure to remediate. This guy hasn't learned one thing about the American Constitution or anything. And his public performance uh, at in France over the weekend was appalling, uh, disgraceful, to use his favorite word. Um, you know, I don't know whether he was afraid of his hair getting blown into the umbrella <laughs> or what the problem was. But for him not to attend some of the events and then leave early... Is really a disgrace. And I just want to say that my grandfather on my father's side fought in World War One. He was part of the Pershing, you know, first wave of, mm-hmm. of, uh, of American soldiers in combat. He dropped out in the eighth grade. He was not a well-educated man, but uh, he served our country. He was very popular in the unit, by the way, because he could play the harmonica like nobody's business. And uh, if you're a soldier sitting around a, a fire at night in the cold, the snow, your feet are freezing, you're hungry, you're probably eating questionable food and bad coffee and God knows what else, hearing some American tunes on a harmonica 
would really raise your spirits. And uh, he was a very popular guy in his unit for that very reason, because the harmonica conveniently can be put uh, in your coat pocket. <laughs> Don't need any amps. And you can you can play it in the rain. You can play it in the rain. In the rain. Which, you know, for that to have been the official excuse is laughable at best. I mean, there's always these things called umbrellas that you stand underneath, and that way the rain doesn't mess up your hair, especially since it was an American burial site. So I don't know how this plays with Trump-supporting veterans. You know, this is the centenary of the end of World War I is a big deal. I mean, that's the conflict that structured the entire 20th century, mm -hmm. you know, that the way the 20th century played out, those cards were dealt at the end of World War One, And the European Union and its current struggles with uh, right-wing quasi-fascist populist so-called uprisings that's where World War One came from. Yeah, <laughs> so and this is these are interestingly dangerous times, and to be so casually cavalier about oh I'm going to go there uh, and make an appearance, make an appearance at that. And I thought it was interesting, by the way. I don't know if you've seen uh, the photograph of all the European leaders minus Trump uh, walking in the rain. Justin Trudeau is walking without an umbrella, like. Okay. He's from Canada. They can you handle know, precipitation. He's, of course, towering over his uh, comrades. Uh, he's much younger than his comrades. He sticks out. But I think he deliberately decided, you know what? I can walk without an umbrella when I contemplate what our soldiers, their soldiers, the Allied Forces soldiers had to put up with in World War One, the trench warfare, the gas the first use of uh, use of aerial bombardments of civilians. There were wars in Africa between the Germans and the British. Uh, I highly recommend a BBC uh, podcast that I heard last night called Witness. BBC, you can probably look that up. It's got some amazing recordings uh, from veterans of the uh, the wars in Africa and other places. Kenyans were impressed into the army. And the, the total fact that 750,000 German civilians died in World War I because of the blockade. Mm -hmm. This was the first war where civilians were targeted. Uh, we had the, the collapse of the German, the Austro-Hungarian, and Ottoman empires that had major consequences for... Um, the history of the 20th century. The Russian Revolution happened in the midst of World War One. The Romanovs obviously collapsed. So, and what's interesting, of course, about these quote-unquote empires is that they were all kind of related to Queen Victoria and the Germans. <laughs> the yeah. Huns are everywhere. <laughs> Real, you know, minus the Ottoman Empire, but of course we've talked before on Gray Matters about the Sykes-Picot Treaty that mm -hmm. divided up the Middle East that explains many of our problems today, that these borders in the Middle East are not uh, often recognized. 
Let's also remember that the Armenian genocide happened in World War I. Hitler served in the German army, and he suffered allegedly gas uh, attacks, damage. Of course, that might have been blowback from the Germans. I don't know. But he used the treaty to motivate uh, disgruntled Germans in the 1920s about the stab-in-the-back theory that politicians sold us out when, in fact, it was the German military that did the surrendering. They just simply dragged out a politician to sign the documents. And uh, it's sort of like the Rambo myth. I definitely recall Sylvester Stallone in the 1980s talking about we're going back into Vietnam, and this time we're going to win. <laughs> Easy for Sylvester Stallone to say, because during the actual Vietnam War, he was an instructor at a girls' school in Switzerland. So his Vietnam experience somewhat different. Uh, real quickly, on uh, just a cultural note, you mentioned uh, uh, something people can look to for further information on World War I. Uh, great film by uh, German director G.W. Pabst who's most famous for his Louise Brooks movies probably these days, uh, a film called West Front 1918. I strongly recommend that film uh, as far as like a realistic depiction of uh, how that war played out on the home front as well as on the combat front. Two other movies Europe. I'll mention quickly. Uh, All Quiet on the Western Front. That's one of the most famous anti-war movies ever made. The original one from the early 30s. And Stanley Kubrick's Paths of Glory. Very underrated, I think. Uh, Kurt Douglas stars as the French uh, commanding sergeant or mm -hmm. corporal or whatever he is, major, major colonel or whatever he is. It's about the trench warfare. It's about cowardice. It's about shell shock, which, of course, is relevant to P.S. TD here in the United States and the damage that warfare does to human beings for any sustained length of time. The song at the end of that movie is one of the most poignant mm. moments, I think, in cinema history. Yeah. The song by the German the German bar maid. It was made to sing for this room full of French soldiers. Yeah. Forced to sing. Mm -hmm. And uh, that woman became Stanley Kubrick's wife. So Paths of Glory, uh, another uh, Stanley Kubrick movie that's totally brilliant, raises lots of issues about uh, warfare and whatnot. And uh, I guess getting back to the elections real quick, we don't have to review too much. Uh, they're still Michigan count did quite well, I think. There was a tsunami in Michigan. Uh, they didn't take back the uh, state legislature, but the state uh, statewide races were overwhelmingly uh, Blue and uh, turnout was up, way up. very high, way up, uh, record-breaking proportions in some regions of the country. Also a good sign. Yeah, I heard that all that all fifty states, other than Kentucky, Louisiana, and maybe Tennessee, there was one, there was one other state. It was up in every single state in the union. That's good. Uh, allegedly, the highest turnout for a midterm election since. 1966. Um, one of the things that I uh, always like to note about our system regarding checks and balances, 
is how little Donald Trump has actually gotten done. I remind my pessimistic friends of this from time to time. I just wanted to read two things here. Um, on the 1st of September, and we saw the Keystone Pipeline uh, blocked by a federal judge uh, over the weekend. I believe that ruling came out Friday afternoon. Trump has to go back to the drawing board. That was his uh, one of his executive orders that he issued on his second day. And the judge said there's no rational basis for this executive order. I need to hear some real evidence here. I need to hear some justification for this executive order. You have to go back to the drawing board, sir. Um, on the 1st of uh, September, a federal judge in Texas declined on Friday to halt an Obama-era program which protects undocumented immigrants from deportation, handing a temporary victory to activists who are waging a legal fight against the Trump administration to save it. So this is related to DACA. Uh, that's back on the drawing board. Uh, I don't know what Trump's drawing board looks like these days, but it's got nutter butter wrappers all over the place. And here is another example. Scott Pruitt, maybe you remember him, the ethically challenged head of the EPA. I don't know. Is, is he in contention to become the new attorney general? <laughs> well, we'll talk about that in a moment. There's some serious uh, weirdness there. Certainly. Uh, Trump's I don't new. know where Scott Pruitt is uh, hiding somewhere, perhaps having one of those soundproof, detection-proof booths built around his very person so he can secretly move among us. Yeah, and I'd like to just read this. This is from the 8th of April. Um uh, 2018, an article by Coral Davenport and Lisa Friedman regarding environmental regulations, quote, in their rush to get things done, they're failing to dot their I's and cross their T's, and they're starting to stumble over a lot of tripwires, said Richard Lazarus, a professor of environmental law at Harvard. They're producing a lot of short, poorly crafted rule rules that are not likely to hold up in court. Six of Scott Pruitt's efforts to derail Obama regulations on issues including pesticides, lead paints, renewable fuel requirements have been struck down by the courts. Mr. Pruitt also backed down on a proposal to delay implementing smog regulations and another to withdraw a regulation on mercury prohibition. This is the real story. Forget about Donald Trump and his supporters. They keep claiming there's a lot of deregulation happening, and this is making America great again, and people are going back to work. Look. Except for all the deadly poisons. It yeah. sounds quite promising. So many of these things have been halted in mm -hmm. their in their uh, tracks, and of course, the the fact that Donald Trump does no actual work other than watch Fox News and eat nutter butters uh, shows that the that these poorly crafted regulations uh, don't stand up to scrutiny in court. And this has happened time and time again. 
Now, this, of course, shows what Donald Trump's intentions are. Uh, the new replacement for Scott Wheeler, uh, Wheeler, uh, the replacement for Scott Pruitt. I forget his first name. But uh, another industry insider, another industry insider. And he is, of course, attempting to rejuvenate um, Scott Pruitt's uh, work product. I love his work product, Donald Trump is famous for saying. Well, he was the attorney general of Oklahoma. Jeff Sessions, anybody? <laughs> I kept hoping during the Kavanaugh uh, quagmire that Trump would solve his problems by uh, putting Jeff Sessions on the Supreme Court and uh, making Kavanaugh the attorney general. <laughs> that would have solved everything. Well, but no, Jeff Sessions would have to recuse himself there, too. Yeah. So that was never going to happen. But, uh, yeah, I, I'm increasingly concerned about what the hell Don McGahn is thinking about a lot of this stuff, because he's apparently the one who was intrigued by the performance of this janitor in a drum, Mr. Clean lookalike Whitaker. Uh, as a talking head on Fox News or CNN, wherever he was uh, appearing, speaking uh, on in defense of the president. Um, yeah, the, the, we we should recruit this guy and put him in place as Jeff Sessions chief of staff. The, don't worry about the fact that he's associated with a, a company in Florida that's been investigated and found guilty for fraud. And Kellyanne Conway's husband wrote, wrote an editorial claiming that the yeah. move is unconstitutional. Whitaker's appointment is illegal. <laughs> it was in Friday's New York Times. And, of course, she is, you know, looking like Heath Ledger's Joker as ever and uh, uh, standing on the White House lawn saying, no, he's well suited to the task. I wonder what kind of a household that is. Maybe they can only really enjoy physical intimacy if like hate and aggression is involved but what a weird household that must or be or perhaps if, if mr whitaker shows up as a <laughs> a man about town <laughs> but i do wonder if his appointment will stand up in court i mean it's acting attorney general and i think there's like a finite number of days that that sort of appointment can be allowed to stand without the scrutiny required by the Senate's advise and consent role, um, the fact that this guy is in, on its face so incredibly compromised um, and conflicted with his public statements. I mean, for crying out loud, the guy thinks Marbury v. Madison is a disputable decision. Yeah. I mean, that's like 1801 John Marshall you know, establishing the turf and function of the Supreme Court itself. Um, I don't understand how this guy can even function in this position. Well, luckily, he played tight end for the Iowa Hawkeyes. One of his friends kept emphasizing that as one of the reasons he was qualified for this position. He caught a touchdown pass in the Rose Bowl. Well, there Whoop, you go. whoop de doo uh, and let's not shed any crocodile tears for Jeff Sessions. I mean, this guy is one of the worst attorney generals in American history. He was a uh, a yes man for Trump, a martinet, and it shows how mm. confused Donald Trump is. Well, we can get into this next week a little more in more detail, but it, 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 realistically speaking, 
Sessions was his most loyal cabinet appointment. Yeah, he was a he was a martinet, and and he may as well now run on the reelection slogan of Mister Magoo and Mueller too. <laughs> uh, you know, Trump allegedly called uh, Sessions Mister Magoo, but. Donald Trump is so confused about the recusal issue, he can't even keep the chronology straight. He is lying to himself about Jeff Sessions' situation. What I noticed about when he turned on Jeff Sessions was shortly after Donald Jr. was exposed as mm-hmm. uh, being involved in the Russian situation. Of course, Mr. Trump asser- asserted once again that there was no collusion. Um And, of course, at his press conference, he didn't bother uh, informing the public that uh, he was going to fire Sessions. He kept mum on that. That happened about 20 minutes after that absolutely mind-boggling press conference was over. Well, which included one of Sarah Huckabee's finest moments of, you know— Erroneously, (laughs) you know, misstating what was clearly visible in all the footage— then later altered and doctored by the White House itself to make it look as though something had been improperly or aggressively done by the CNN journalist in question, Jim Acosta. Just, wow, really? Really? That's the way you're going to try and roll this one? Sure. I mean, that's right out of the Zubruder film being... Yeah. Uh, flipped in reverse. Flipped in reverse on uh, <clears throat> Henry Luce's Time Life magazine. Uh, confusing the public about the sh- about where the shots came from. Uh, one of the uh, Republican uh, <clears throat> Congress w- women that are in trouble. There's a recount involving Claudia Tenney, a Tea Party member from upstate New York, who earlier this year, uh, in response to the mass shooting event in Florida. Um, said that so many mass murderers end up being Democrats. That's what kind of got her into got her into some little problems with her reelection campaign. She is trailing, by the way, and, and they're counting the votes. And let's remember that in Florida, a mandatory recount is required uh, based on the margin of the vote totals. What they're doing in Florida, not to to get back to this too much, but they're counting the votes. They haven't even counted them all yet. They're right. doing the same thing in Arizona. Arizona has a lot of absentee ballots. They have a lot of elderly people. Are elderly people and military people, are their votes not supposed to count? That's pretty not much according to Trump. That's what Rick Scott and Donald yeah. Trump's talking points are. And they're trying to claim fraud over and over. Well, there's no evidence of that. There's certainly some evidence of incompetence, uh, not fraud. I don't know what's wrong with the machines or why some of the machines don't work uh, or are malfunctioning. But maybe the HAL 9000 has some sort of perspective on that problem. Gee, Dave, those votes don't really matter. (laughs) That's right. The voice of the HAL 9000... Uh, gentleman, he passed away last night. That's what that reference is to. Uh, of course, Donald Trump threw everything at the wall. Well, wait a minute, the wall hasn't been built. 
you know, he he threw out the INF treaty. He's we still have those troops sitting around in Texas doing nothing, playing cards, living in tents, wondering if they'll get to go home for Thanksgiving. <laughs> Probably not. Probably not. One of the most ridiculous stunts in American history. Sure. And and I mean, you know, the Pathetic. INF treaty, the dispatching the troops to the border. He threw out the imaginary middle class tax cut at one point. And OK, he ran up the score in North Dakota. He won North Dakota by 35 points in 2016. Guess what? He spent about 30 percent of his time trying to defeat John Tester and Joe Manchin. Failed on both accounts. Flop, flop, fizz, fizz. Well, and in 2022, the uh, run of Senate elections is not going to be as favorable for the Republicans. And, of course, you know, what? what's going to happen? Nobody knows. Hopefully, America can kind of go through a respite here on politics uh, till Christmas, the new year. That would be nice. Count the votes. Leave it at that. Drop all this nonsense about replacing Nancy Pelosi. I don't even understand why the Democrats are talking about that. They won. She's too old. They won. She knows what she's doing. Now, some of the other members of the leadership, yeah, I can see replacing them, but I don't well, I think it'll see be any reason to replace Nancy Pelosi. To see, I mean, considering the huge number of uh, new members of Congress who are female, are they going to vote against Nancy Pelosi? She's a grandmother. Running negative campaign ads against Nancy Pelosi is not working. Didn't work this year. They didn't have Hillary Clinton. Ted Kennedy, he's long gone. Bill Clinton, well, he didn't show up much nope. in this campaign. Thank uh, God. For good reason. Wisely. But Obama did. And let's face it, the Democratic Party came up with a rational, sane strategy organized by Tom Perez. We're going to run candidates in every race. We're going to run nationwide. Howard Dean had this idea back in 2004 when he was chairman of the DNC. And by and large, this worked. This was not a tsunami, but it was it was a blue wave nationwide. surfable. Surfable. I mean, look, there, there, there's been there's a regional realignment occurring in the southwest. It looks like, uh, well, the Michigan and Wisconsin governor races, are, I think, really telling. Yeah. Scott Walker history. Now, what was a big issue, by the way, in the Scott Walker reelection? Two things. Water, dirty water, polluted water and health care and health care and Foxconn. The three billion dollar tax giveaway that voters that citizens of Wisconsin were involved in involving Scott Walker and Donald Trump to, quote, bring back jobs, proving that America 